This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! (laughs) Hello, Richard. Hi, Jennifer. I figured I'd just show up today playing the guitar, singing your praises. uh, And a a little ditty that I wrote last. I'm kidding. Uh, No, hi. How are you? How's it going? You know what? It's, I was a little cranky earlier, but I'm much better now. Well, I'm so happy to have your happier self here today. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, you people out there driving into hinterland, walking along the ocean, listening to our dulcet tones for the first or the last time. Yes. Hey, I would love to talk to you about last night, about what you did last night. What was I doing last night? Oh, you caught me. <laughs> yes, I did. That's the funny Nori. thing. About, that's the funny thing about having a medium for a friend. It's like, can she see me? Can she me see me like eating this extra ice cream? Um, yes, I was very blessed to be on the Coast to Coast show last night with George Nuri, and uh, I had talked to the uh, person that was in charge, and at some point we were talking that I would talk about this contact in the desert thing that I went to, and how people that are from other planets keep showing up in our work and in other work and in the meditations. And then just before I went on the air, somebody called and said, you know, we've got somebody on earlier who's like an expert in this field. So we're just going to have you talk about the flip side, if that's okay. And, and I was like, oh, how many, how many, you know, I had prepared in my brain to bring all this new information. But anyway, it, it was great. We had a lot of fun. It was a total improv. I don't know what he's going to ask me, and I don't know what I'm going to say, but I did talk about this friend of mine, Jennifer Schaefer, quite a bit, because (laughs) I told people, if you want to talk to your loved one, why not use a cell phone? And all you got to do is get a hold of Jennifer. But they can also talk to them themselves. This is true, but most people are too lazy to spend five minutes to meditate to talk to your loved one. They just want to get someone on the phone and go, you talk to them. Where did where did I hide the will? That's what that's what they want to know. Right? Yeah. Or should or should we sell the house? Or what does he feel about this? Things that I'm asking my own medium friends about. <laughs> Is that right? So what does a medium as talented as you, how do you get assistance from other mediums? What do you do? I ask them. Well, this is the thing. It's very challenging, as you know. If you have an attachment to any outcome, it hinders the way information comes in. Yeah. Part of my job is to be out of judgment whenever I work doing, do, whenever I do this work. Because if I have any judgment, whether it's towards the person asking me questions or, you know, some of the cases that I've worked on towards the killer or towards even the person that was killed, if I have any judgment, I will lose out on some of the best information that comes through because you just can't. And I learned that, you know, I've learned that over the years. So that being said, when it's for yourself, you know, it's challenging to get the right information for yourself. So I don't want to like, for instance, it was about whether or not we should sell the house, you know, for, you know, the parents house, that kind of thing for me to say, you know, I don't want to sell it. So that hinders what comes through. And so that's when I just, You know, I talk to my friends that are, I'm very fortunate to have some really good friends that are mediums and I'll ask them the questions 
and they'll well, tell me what they're getting. It's interesting when you talk about the outcome and you're, you know, you have a passion for the outcome. It's interesting because then you also have to allow that it's possible that on the flip side, somebody wants that to be the outcome. And so the reason you're feeling that way is because I know I just don't want to. But I know what you're saying. Uh, we've talked about this often when somebody comes through, you know, people ask questions to their loved one on the flip side and they hear an answer they don't like. I always, you know, I always say, don't judge the answer uh, because mm -hmm. that forces you to sort of say, well, I would have said that or they would never say that. And you just try to allow that the answer is what came through. You can always ask it again, you know, next week, right. you know, go to their favorite pond or their park or you know, go to their favorite restaurant and in your mind's eye, ask the same question again. And if they answer it the same way, like, hey, I already told you the answer to this, then you kind of get a sense like, OK, all right, fine. Great. Speaking of our friends on the flip yeah. side. Let's ask yes. Luana, our Luana Andrews, our friend who passed away in 1996, who there she is, who <laughs> had a heart. I had to go to old school, school with paper. Oh, yeah. Hey, I haven't seen paper. I haven't seen you use paper in a while. Um, but Luana, no. yes. Well, Luana brought us together, brought me and Jennifer together in this very unusual fashion and moderates a group on the other side who come and want to talk to us. And so, Luana, do you have anybody on your clipboard that wants to chat? I think she's saying congratulations. And I don't know when we first, when our first meeting was or what the date was or anything, but she's saying congrats. Like she threw blooms up and I just need to figure out what, you know, when that happens, it could be a lot of things, but hold on. Yeah. Oh. She's saying congrats to what you've accomplished in like the last 12 years dealing with this work. I don't know how long you've been dealing with this work. I met you nine years ago and you've had several Something books like and movies since then. So like, I would say 14, but. Well, you know, well, put it this way. Um, yeah, it's been about that long because I started filming people maybe back in 2008. You and I met eight years ago, something like that, right around now. And we've been working weekly. I, I find it hard to believe. Other people don't believe me. But we've been doing this weekly for eight years. I know. And somebody made a comment, which was kind of sweet. Like when Richard discovered me, but but she only sometimes does a half hour, which is fine. But and I wanted to reply, I've been with him for eight years, like every week during COVID. We still met only it was Zoom. And now we've continued that. But it was just so funny. I'm like, well, you and I have been breaking conventions since we met. And so the idea was you and you know, I was I met you. I was a skeptic about about the whole idea of mediumship, as you know, and you proved beyond right. a shadow of a doubt when I first met you that, that not only were you like a cell phone to the other side, but I could ask new questions to people over there and confirm stuff that either I knew or thought I knew or wished I knew. And that became that just changed the whole paradigm. And the fact that I can do that with you, we've been doing it for, you know, like I say, eight years. And Luana, well, thank you. Obviously, you put us together. And this is an opportunity for you, Lou, to to communicate with not only old friends of yours, but new friends of yours, like an ongoing so conversation. 
Well, she showed me um, Pyra and then Robert Town. And she says, did you meet up with Robert Town or have you been speaking to him recently? In my head. In my head. I've been having conversations with him in my head, meaning Robert's dog, Hyra, who I used to walk quite a bit. Jennifer and I had conversations with Hyra many times on the flip side. And he proved to Robert beyond a shadow of a doubt that we must be talking to him because Hyra was reminding Robert of things that only Hyra would know. So I've had conversations with him. There was a thing about Chinatown the other day that I wrote about. So when I do that, I'm thinking about Robert and I'm, you know, I'm asking in my head, how you doing? That sort of thing. Why? Do you have any update from Luana? Okay. Oh. Pyra's coming through saying that Robert needs more guidance from the other side from the both of us. Okay, he's, very good. He's, he's requesting, I don't know, a, hold on. Well, he could be needing, go ahead. He wants to talk to Robert again. So we have to make a, we have to make a special effort to get a hold of Robert and talk to him. him. Okay, very yeah. good. I mean, I know they're we doing- ask, we, don't get asked that. we don't get asked that very often by somebody no, directly from the other I know they're working okay. on the prequel to Chinatown, so he may be with David Fincher. Oh, I forgot about that. Really caught up in that. So it's kind of hard, but Hira, you know better than anybody how to talk to Robert. Including, you know, he's yeah, hurt. He says he's, not, he says he's not listening. Maybe he is too busy, but he's not. He's I, he might he's not be he's too busy. You know, just the whole idea of work, 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 work. So that's good, though. I mean, we all we're all waiting to see that, and I hope that Netflix makes it and all that other stuff. So that's good. Right, hold on. Go ahead. Luan is talking about your health and saying that she's proud of you because you've made some changes. So I'm sure a lot of it has to do with Sherry, too. <laughs> well, that's interesting. But, okay. That's good to know, Lou. We appreciate that. But what's going um, on with you, Lou? What is your reality like, other than telling me that I'm doing better? That she I says she's watching over you, and that's the whole reason why she mentioned that. So <laughs> for her to be watching over you, I'm – listen, I'm sure there's plenty of other things to talk about. We can probably – but we don't know, ever know – What's going to come through? We don't discuss no, this. We don't. We, Lou, you and know, this, it's up to her. We we say, what time? <laughs> what time? No, that's our thing. Um, and then every now and then I, I find a picture of Luana. Here she is with her friend Michael Goff hanging out back when they were she was doing Broadway with Michael Goff, who played Batman's butler in the, the first Batman movie. So how's Mick doing? How's your friend Mick doing? I'm just going to ask that question because there's his picture. Okay. And Mick is up there, you're saying. Yeah. Have I talked to him? Yeah, okay. we've talked to him. He says that he's busy. Doing what? She's, he she says he's busy. I don't know. Hold on. Not busy enough to not come. Did he have like a, did Mick have a, uh, uh, I don't know, an accent of some sort? An accent? Yes, yeah. yes. He's English. Okay. And he's okay. Irish, actually. And then he, he spent his I whole don't know. He's coming through i don't know who he is he's coming through with a little bit of an accent so i'm just he's like i'm not too busy to go think batman's butler i mean later on michael kane played him but it's that soft english accent and my somebody that i heard in a cave in tibet in a tent in tibet i heard his voice clear as a bell talking to me he was still on the planet at the time so that was very unusual 
but he said that he and Luana were traveling around the universe. And he said, darling, I just think this is fantastic what you're doing. So, yes, he does have an accent. I do it badly. <laughs> yes, you do. No, but you actually, okay, hold on. He says that your daughter's quite talented um, with acting and very artistic, just like her dad and mom. That's a consummate um, compliment. And then he's saying that uh, there's so much to do around here. So I just need to understand that. Do you mean stuff that you create and you have fun doing? Is that what you mean? Or are you helping people on the planet? All of it. But it's interesting how you're showing me this. Hold on. That's crazy. Okay. So I'm like, is it better? Because you showed me implementing it and being put down here, put to earth. I'm like, well, isn't it better to create it up there and then wait till the next time you come down? And he's like, no, it's like whoever gets it down there first wins. So <laughs> they create it up there because he goes, we create together. We don't create by, create by ourselves. We create together. And so whatever we're doing down here, whatever we're doing up here, we're able to create it together. But it's whoever can get it going here wins kind of thing. So what you're saying, Megan, this is Michael Goff who uh, Tim Burton worked with on all, almost all of his films, of Tim's films. Um, so Mick, what you're saying is, is that where you are on the flip side, you guys create realities or help create realities for people on earth. Not necessarily yes. for yourself, but for your loved ones, because your wife is still here and other- like, They don't know. They don't know. Sometimes they know, musicians know. They can feel the other musicians helping. They might not know who it is, but they can usually feel. And they usually have a good idea, he says. But when it comes to projects or movies or film, I guess they can also feel who it comes from. But it's usually they think they're thinking it. But they're really, they're doing a heavenormous, like a heavenly, heavenormous um what did he just say cooperation of of projects together everybody like worked together. so so yes, let's can, so make if we can hone in for a minute on your craft when you were on the planet as mm -hmm. an actor so let's say someone's doing shakespeare because i needed a lot because i needed a lot of help say again he said he said i needed a lot of help acting so and, and he goes i i trusted that I would learn it, but I never thought I was being helped. He goes, it, I did get help one, he showed me like a black and white film, I'm not sure. Um, not really yeah, on Juliet. He did a few of those. No, no, but I, I know that, but he showed me something else. Um, did he do any with, oh my gosh, what's your name? Who's the guy that did the candy? Gene Wilder? The, uh, yes, Gene Wilder. Thank you. Um, did he do a movie with Gene way. Wilder? I don't, I don't know. He, I don't know. But what is it you want to tell us, Mick? He says Gene Wilder's helping somebody right now do a re rendition a of it. All right. Do you know what that is, Jennifer? 
I mean, I know what a remake is, but I didn't no, know. No, no, but do you know what he's talking about? Do you know what film he's talking about? No, no. I don't. Okay, Oompa I do. Is I do. Okay. Timothy Chalamet is doing a remake of Charlie okay. and the Chocolate Factory. Which yeah, Gene he Wilder's... tried to show Chocolate Factory. Okay. okay. Yeah. So and that's what Gene created that role and starred in the original one. Then Johnny Depp did one, and now Timothy Chalamet is doing one. So Gene, tell us yeah. how... Excuse me, Mick. How how Gene? And I met you, Gene, through Charles Grodin. How did you? How are you doing that? How are you helping Timothy Chalamet? Is it in his rehearsal? Is it on camera? Or is it in the ideation? When he's the, sleeping. Say again. When, when he's he, sleeping in a different. When he's, when he's sleeping. sleeping. And so, how do you do that? That's the, only, that's the only time we can hijack him. So, are you having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him? It's like for him, he's like sitting across the table from you. We're traveling around showing him new ways to do it. And then he remembers it in the morning, but not sure how he got it. Very good. And in terms and in terms of directing, do you do you influence the director as well? Or is it all of it? We have directors helping, yes. You have directors. It's all of it. Okay, very good, because I'm trying to think of who directed the original one, but still that idea of we have the whole idea of this conversation is that he's saying that we're here to help everyone with everything. There's specialists everywhere up here to help down there. Interesting. He goes, if you want to be, a, if you want to be a bank robber, plenty of people have done that. <laughs> but so, all right, well, this is a good question. But thank you for bringing it up, which is so you're helping people that you don't even know that you haven't met before, but that you're Correct. helping because they need your help in terms of crafting they're in alignment what you're with trying the, to do. They're in alignment with the energy. So the more that you act like you have that. Okay, show me again. Hold on. They're using, they're using me. I'm a medium. Okay, so I don't know how they're going to use me for this, but we'll see. Oh, hi, Hans. That's so interesting. So Hans Christian King, who is a very well-known medium here, who passed away a couple years ago, who I loved dearly. I mm -hmm. took a class from him in I took a class from him in 09, my very first mediumship class at Agape International Spiritual Center. Um, and so when I they when he showed me me, he's like, well, there's people to help you. I'm like, okay, I don't know how they're gonna use me. And then Hans Christian King showed up. I'm like, oh, you're right. There's other mediums up there. They're helping the mediums down here, of course. Wow, that right? makes sense. Yeah, of course. Not someone I was thinking of. I don't, you know, it's something that, you know, and well, it's we, so wonderful. Because he showed up, does he want to say anything to us? I don't know him, but certainly he's here. I, I'm happy to. He just said, love, love, and stop wasting time doubting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Stop wasting time killing yourself or or dying. What does he mean? Doubting, doubting yourself. Doubting like yourself. he's saying it. He like because every once in a while things creep in. You know when when there there's some days I'm like, can I really do this? Am I really be able to have seven hours worth of clients? And how am I going to do? Like I check to see how I'm going to be at the end of the day. 
And it's usually, like I said before, where I get to see if I've knocked it out of the ballpark or not. And I usually get that. And for some reason, that gives me this comfort of knowing that I'm going to get through my day and that everything's going to go well, right? And I always want to give a thousand percent to my clients. I always want to, you know, but there's sometimes when they're grieving so much that I feel like no matter what I say or what comes through me, there's still, I can't make them happy. And I have to get over that part too. Yeah. Because it's, I can't, you know, but I think that's what leaves, I think that was my own stuff. So I believe he was showing me like, stop doubting. You're there to give the information. Like my dad, again, it's not anybody, it's not your job to make anybody believe anything. It's your job to give the information and be consistent in who you are, which then they're saying draws the energy of getting help. Cause if you, if you are, the more that you, he goes, have you, okay, thank you. The more that you have confidence about something, isn't it a lot easier to do what you're supposed to do or get what you're supposed to get? Or have what you're supposed to have within the work that you're doing, right? Right. He's like, that's no coincidence. It's because you're rolling the energy towards that way. But if you doubt it, then it's he goes, you're putting that block. He's literally showing me like a a, a, a wall. You're getting that block and you can't go past it because your mind won't let you. So then you get blocked from the energy that's out there for you. Brilliant. So well, Gene, can I go back to you for a second and uh, certainly, is there anything? You, what was it like for you when you crossed over? Right. Go ahead. What's his sweet wife? His sweet wife from Saturday Night Live, Gilda. Gilda Radner, yeah. So, what Radner. was it like when you reconnected with Gilda? He says I was reconnecting with her, Richard, before I was connected with her. Very good. Thank you. And let I me. Believed, I believed that there was that she was with me before I left the planet. And, so, and and Jean, I know that you had you suffered with uh, memory loss later on in life. What percentage of your conscious energy was still on the planet while the rest of you was sort of already leaving? Two percent, he said. By the end, two. By the end, it was just two. He goes, I was having the time of my life. So this makes sense to me because the way he showed me, he goes, I was with her. The whole time they were with each other the whole time before he left the planet. I should have known that I didn't, I didn't realize I didn't know how he passed. Yeah, no, most people don't. And it wasn't really talked about. I was aware of it only because our mutual friend, Gene, Charles Grodin had told me about some events that had happened when he was out to dinner with you. And he thought they were really unusual that you had certainly like were upset over something. In my mind, I realized that that's a you know quality of someone they lose they get angry over nothing you know suddenly anyway so what was it like to, to run into chuck because gilda and Jean both worked with charles oh that's so cool hold on <laughs> they were showing me they were all singing to him they're all singing some big like something that was I don't know what it was, but they were all singing as he was leaving his body, as Chuck was leaving his body. Wow. So and he goes, he goes, we were all singing. There was different versions of him going in different places at the same time, which is interesting. Which is interesting because we did talk. He said about it was that. a love affair. He said it was a love affair. He said it was a love affair. All of us got to have our own experience with him crossing over at different times. Wow, that's interesting. 
because we did talk yeah. to Chuck about it, and he did have that memory of being like on a talk show, suddenly walking into a talk show on the flip side, and the ho- and he saw Johnny Carson in the audience, and the host was Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Which Always Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> which, which actually came up last night in the Coast to Coast. I was just, somebody asked me about right. it. And it was, like he just shows up a lot as the host, as the guy playing the guitar, because he's so recognizable. But but Gene, I just wanted to say this thing of of seeing Chuck and singing to him, but your own version of his entering into the other side. I mean, it's a beautiful concept. Did you talk about Jesus last night? <laughs> of course. Of course, because okay. George asked me, George asked me what's next. I said, the book, Jesus, the greatest story never told as told by Jesus and those who knew him. And yesterday afternoon I had lunch with somebody and I was reading a chapter that he didn't remember saying because we were doing a guided meditation where he saw Jesus. Does, did Jesus just pop in? Does he want to talk? I'm not going to not talk to Jesus. He did tell you thank you when you were sleeping last night. He's saying he did talk to you. Okay. And was he just telling, thanking me for what? Talking about his life and his journey? Talking about him with a different perspective. That was more to his true nature. Okay. uh, You know, I can't help but ask you, uh, what do you want to tell people? We, we We have a small audience, but we do have an audience. What would you like to tell people tuning in? who either don't believe that it's Jesus we're talking to or don't believe that you still exist. But what is it you'd like to say to them? He says, tell them I could be anything that they want, that they believe in. If they believed in themselves more, you wouldn't need somebody like me guiding you. (laughs) Somebody like Jennifer, you mean? Oh, somebody like Jesus guiding you. I'm sorry. Uh, both. Both. Um, so if you if they believed in you more, they wouldn't need someone like you to guide them. Is that what you're saying? That's very philosophical. Yeah. Or if I don't ever want to get this wrong, I don't want to get anything. No, wrong. no, I understand. Just, if you acted more Jesus-like, you wouldn't need Jesus around. If you acted, it's the same that he's always stood for if you acted with more love and more certainty of humanity of the beautiful parts of humanity which is the entire humanity human race and then some as you guys know there's so much more to this vast universe because he's showing me like it is an all-inclusive universe whether we want it to be or not do you mean he's showing you other beings that aren't humanoids and for like the whole vast sea of other okay without wouldn't it be nice wouldn't it be nice though to start off liking other human beings just to start before we take you into a different before meeting other people from other realms i yeah absolutely if we could love each other then you know perhaps other people would come to visit us what was very interesting about some of the things that we've heard with the media one of the things that I found fascinating that I actually totally understood right away how to deal with actually quantum physics and dealing with the time, dealing with them not coming to Earth, but going through different time 
you know, different parallels, different dimensions getting here. Right. And I'm like, it just made sense to me. How yeah, I think I think happened. that was in, that was in that report from David Grush, the guy that was right. So, so the other thing that came through too was the fact that you know, well, you did the same thing to the other side when you visited Luana's class, right? You right. did a little time travel. Oh, like yes, that. and I was talking about it last night. And so, wow, oh, that's why they're showing that to me. Okay, and then. You know, do I do that all the time? I'm always popping into the future constantly for myself, for other people, for, you know, so it just made sense, even though I can't give you. Okay. And if I can clarify what, 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 what they're showing you, which is really interesting because Jennifer is referring to something that happened to me that I referred to last night that she did not hear me talking about, but it was my second session doing a hypnotherapy session with Scott to Tamble. And he said, well, let's see if we go to the same place you went last time. So two years earlier, I'd interrupted this classroom. And now he started counting me down. And I said, you can stop counting. I'm back in that class. Two years had gone by, but only 20 seconds had gone by. I'd interrupted the class and literally the whole class froze. There was a tall green person. I won't say alien because why call him somebody else? but a teacher who I interrupted. And so now here was Luana, my friend, on the flip side, apologizing on my behalf. And I'm standing next to her. This is like, it's like the Shakespearean nightmare. You wake up, you don't know what play you're in. I'm standing next to her in front of the class and this tall 10 foot green fella is looking at me, kind of stern, like, who are you? And she's she's apologizing. But the point is, uh, and then he looked at me and said, well, what do you want to know? And then thank, thankfully I had questions. But the point is, is I stepped into their reality. I went through a portal, I bypassed the filters and I went into, and they all saw me and reacted to me. You see, it would be like an alien coming to here and we would re- react to that person. We've gone through some kind of a portal of time. Just, you see what I'm saying? So it's that quantum thing. Uh-huh. That's why they're showing you that example, because I had the experience of doing exactly what some aliens are, and then they disappear. You know, they're only here like for a few seconds, and then you're like, where'd he go? And the idea is, is they've just stepped through some kind of a dimension. Right. But what was interesting to me, though, is I don't go to the future and take things from it, right? I might take knowledge, but I don't take physical things from it, whereas they actually have left physical evidence here right i guess yeah nobody's seen it though and we you know they talk about it but... i know it's it's interesting though it is interesting you know we'll we'll see if all this stuff pans out to be accurate but listen we've left gilda we didn't ask gilda how she's doing i'd like to ask her gilda if you don't mind what was it like she's for writing new... she's writing new scripts she's saying for snl she says they need lots of work I don't know. I haven't watched it. Lots of work. Very, very good. And what was it like for you to see Jean uh, and or Chuck? She says it was a music fest of opera. (laughs) (laughs) What were you singing? What was the opera song? I just saw like Beethoven five. I have no idea. Okay. It's sort of like a classical, like, uh, fiesta. She's showing violins and pianos and, 
and cellos and wow yeah she's shown it's very and so chuck good. what was your so what was your experience with that chuck because we know you had that experience on a talk show but also this simultaneous experience with this full classical orchestra what was that like for you charles it was confusing for a millisecond and then i can hear things from my right see things to the left she goes it was bouncing back and forth but yet grasping all it's like me in five different places all at once and getting all the information to come back to myself he was showing me a, a map of the U.S. or whatever, and he was just showing me being in five different states. So I'm talking to Chuck, yeah, and then his buddy, who we love dearly. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that word. His what? Who's one of your best friends that's over there that you <laughs> wanted to do a movie with, and you didn't do a movie oh, with Billy. until after? Billy, Bill Paxton. Billy. He's like, I'm not telling you my name one more time. I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Bill, you're on. Right. You're on, buddy. You've shown up. What's going on? What do you want to say? How do you think Avatar got made? That's interesting. Uh, so you're back to the comment that Mick was making about people on the flip side helping people on Earth to do creative projects. Right. But he's also saying that people from different worlds were helping that project. Oh, wow. So it's not just from, yeah, he's coming in saying that we're getting our information with all the different movies that have come out. We do have, we don't have that vast, of, we don't have the knowledge of this vast universe as much as we think we do. We know like a fraction of it, right? When we're here, we're not being invaded by aliens for starters. Every, he just laughed and he's like, you're an alien. I'm like, I know, everybody says that. My daughter calls me a ghost on a leash, which is probably the closest thing you can get to an alien. Ghost on a leash, I love that. So what he's saying to me, so Billy is describing how we should be open to other worlds. We should be open to the possibilities, just like we're open to the possibility of, of people being on the other side, right? Yeah. Um, and I know they're reminding me, if I didn't physically see it, I probably wouldn't believe it. But I physically see it. And at nighttime, thank goodness I know they can't hurt me because it's pretty, it would be pretty terrifying if I didn't. It's crowded. It. You, get a, you have a crowded room. But that idea of opening yourself up to the possibility and that allows us to come right. to have a communication with them telepathically, people who don't are no longer on the planet. This goes to a conversation we had last week when we were talking to somebody and he said, You're, you, the people at the alien conference weren't discussing the afterlife, and meaning you need to figure out how to communicate telepathically with people who are here before you can start right. communicating with people in other dimensions. Okay. Yeah, like if there's one, two, three from what we've learned today. First of all, get along with the humans that are alive. <laughs> Love one another. Start from there. Be open to the possibilities that when your loved ones step outside and they leave the planet they're not leaving the planet they're not leaving you they're just stepping into another room and you have they're just right next to you when you get the chills that's them you can telepathically talk to them be open to that and then they said be open to other universes you can't imagine that this is just it but you have to start from all the other different ways like you have to start from that and go up um it's easier that way versus you know, not liking other human beings, but being okay with the others. I mean, I guess you can do that. I know. Well, and being afraid, 
like fear is a big driver of a lot of this content. People are worried about that. And it limits you. It limits you from so much that you can get and receive. Lou, anything else you want to bring on our plate? Talk to us about? She said this was pretty much a handful if you dissect what we've been saying. Full house today. (laughs) We had a full house. She She said it was a full house last night, too. Okay, very good. Well, you know, it's interesting. Somebody asked me about celebrities and there, you know, is there anybody that's not a celebrity that shows up on your podcast? Well, all of these people we talked to, well, all these people we talked to were not celebrities when they were kids. When they were children, none of them were celebrities. They were just kids on the planet. And they're not, they're not celebrities up there either. Right. It's, there's no hierarchy. So yeah. And your your dad's a celebrity. But he said that he said that um, he he showed me a name tag. We don't have names, but you know what you're assigned to, as far as how you conduct yourselves or who you like, who you're helping out on the planet. You know, um, if someone's asking for prints, they're not going to send them Billy. <laughs> well, and I always joke about that. When somebody says they've seen Jesus, I always ask, is he wearing a name tag? Like, how do you know it's him? You know, and not some, you know, and so, but they always say, well, I just knew I can feel it. I, there's a vibe. It's a frequency. It's like a frequency. It's a calming frequency that, that, and he's so far away when I'm getting the information. Cause I, I know that he's so far away, but it feels I can't explain it. It's a very interesting construct of energy when I, when I'm getting information from him and it's um, it's like the whole universe turns quiet too. It's It's very interesting. And when you and I met eight years ago and he showed up in the room, you mentioned like he was standing across the room. I did mention the name tag thing. And then I asked him to come closer just to see what a physical reaction would be. And you couldn't breathe, your cheeks turned bright red, and tears started falling from your eyes. And I said to him, What are you doing, dude? Why are you torturing this poor girl? She's she just asked you to Well now he wants to do that. He knows like I get tightened up the second I feel like it might be him. I'm like this. So he said he says answer to that question was I brought more of source to this lifetime. And when I get close to people, they feel that unconditional love. Very unusual answer. And I replied, not so much with the Romans. And you said, I don't even know what that means, but he's laughing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I made Jesus laugh on the flip side. Not so much with the Romans, because obviously they didn't feel that unconditional love. They were like, ah, beat him and put him up on a cross. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's a fascinating thing. I, I, so I encourage people to ask him questions. When they pray to him, ask him for an answer, not just to help them intercession, but a specific question to something that that he might be able to answer. What's he doing? What's his day like? You know, he's got to answer all these calls for from people from every time they hit their hand with a nail, you know, they have a hammer, the suddenly he's in the room. What you called me? It's it's that's funny that he just showed me he said there's a lot of earth angels. There's a lot of angels that show up from there that come here that people don't see again you've heard stories after story you know 
where somebody helped somebody on the side of the road and then they never knew they were never in the hospital or they never were there or they never, you know. Yeah. Um, and he says that happens continuously. The, he goes, the angels were able to move close and far, you know, all the time, helping people here, helping animals here. They help everything, trees, they help the sea. They're doing so everything are you saying can, that but... those those prayers for intercession might be answered by somebody like an angel instead of you? He says that they hear it too. He says it prayers just don't go to me. Prayers just don't go to go, they go to source or God or however you want to don't get caught up on that. Whatever you know, show me yeah. Buddha, like whatever it is that you believe in. And that energy is a type of energy that around around a spoke wheel, they all equal this, they all go to the same place. So it's just a matter of what it is that you believe in or what it is that you can feel that won't scare you. And, and so I would imagine Which, sometimes uh, you have an intercession of somebody and the person is a skeptic and they remain a skeptic. Right. Any final words there, Mr. Elf and Omega? Tell yourself that you can make your life extraordinary by choosing to become more like who you want to be like which is yourself so it's like a circle he's just saying just if you believe in yourself it starts coming quicker like believe that you can do well believe that you can be healed believe that you can believe that believe all those things and then that energy emanates to the people that are around you like if you walk into a room you can always know the person that's crabby you remember the person that's crabby, but you don't remember everybody else that was happy, right? Right. Because you lock in on that. Um, try going into the room and notice everybody that's being happy. I'm, I'm not saying that people that are hungry or you know people that are homeless and people that are like don't suffering. not focus on that. Yeah. Suffering. Pray about it. Give them. Give them to us. Let us help them. Also, do something. You know, do what you can about it, but but also notice the happiness and the joy that's around you as well. But that has to start from within. As we know, it's not something external. People, thank you. He's just showing me how people are constantly trying to find, especially in the day of instant gratification, they're trying to, you know, that's what media does when he's just showing me the phone, everybody on the phone um, versus out going out and experiencing it. Like it goes back to like when we went out as kids, like, you know, there was no, you didn't have FOMO because you you weren't looking at everybody going out. You had to actually go out, right? Ride your bike, get, go yeah. meet your friends. It's um, it's so different now where people are actually okay sitting home and watching everybody else, supposedly oh, yeah. live yeah, their best. Or watching us right. on our podcast talking to people on the flip side. For the first or the last time. <laughs> yeah. And they're all available. No. Okay, Hira said thank you again. He's reminding us, which I would have forgotten about, like I do. I would. And have you're welcome, Hira. Woof. And it's interesting. The one is saying congratulations, Richard. Like what you've done. That's very sweet. I know because you did. You did discover me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did discover Jennifer. In the ethers somewhere. Well, actually, Luana discovered Jennifer and put us together. Well, let's thank everybody who was here, and we had a lot to thank. And, you know, I won't go everybody's name because that would be repeating everything. But Mick Goff, Michael Goff, what a treat to even think about talking to you. 
and everybody else and and treat williams who i met some time ago he was a real sweetheart and i you know i don't know if he's ready to talk to us but he's certainly welcome anytime he wants to stop by richard treat williams that was his name um but all the other people gene wilder and charles groden and you know gilda oh my gosh we all love you we miss you we wish you were here and jesus you too buddy we wish you were here but we appreciate that you are here that you have, you stop by to have a conversation with us to give us some solace how hard was that to believe in that he's like how hard was that he's like believe that this isn't the only universe there's multiverses you know and then he showed me string theory like there's so much out there it's very he goes it's very interesting how people just you know they want so much control over certain groups of people and i'm not saying us i'm not saying he's just showing me because if we all expanded he goes what a gift would it be to be talking to other people that had better technology than we have instead of trying to hoard it when they crash and burn it absolutely <laughs> and let, or and, or loved ones who are on the other side who understand the process that we're going through and can help give us new insight scientists seems like isn't that seems like isn't that the truth Steve Jobs. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, did you believe in aliens? He goes, not at first. He goes, but technically, I think I am. You know, I was an alien. Well, we heard <laughs> he goes, that I didn't have. He said he didn't have the best social skills. He goes, there you have it. <laughs> well, we heard that from Stephen Hawking that we're all aliens because we all choose to incarnate here, and then we go home. All right. Okay. All right. Oh. Thanks. Steve Jobs got the last word there. We appreciate that, Steve. Thanks for stopping by. We love you all. Thank you, Jennifer, for allowing us to do oh. this and for letting me find you <laughs> out there in the ether so that we could do this for everybody else. Thanks yeah, for tuning in. You, Go ahead. How can, how can, just a couple things for people that want to see me for, um, I do events here in Hermosa and Manhattan Beach. So if you can't come and make it, I try to make myself available in places where people can come and go as a group where it's lots of fun. You can look on my website for that. Um, how do we find at jennifershafer.com? How do we find your interview that you did last night, Richard? Uh, it's on Coast to Coast. And uh, there's a link, I think, at richmartini.com. So, but yes, you can find Jennifer at jennifershaver.com. She does these public events, so you can join, bring friends down and test her out and take, take her out for a spin and see what you can learn. It's wonderful and a treat to be able to work with you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Love, love. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jennifershafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.